Welcome, everybody. It's time to pick up your board, swim out into the ocean, and see if you can catch that sales pipeline as it's starting to curl your way with the master blaster, the uh, silver surfer himself, Matt Hines. How are we doing, Paul? I'm doing good today. I thought I'd bring back the... I always like the silver surfer analogy. You're kind of like that mysterious person flying between the planets here, you know, saving galaxies. Are you saying that I'm... Are you calling me old? <laughs> no, no, no. Silver. Right. Just silver-haired, maybe. Well, or, I don't you know. I, go there. <laughs> I have no hair. Okay. We're going we're gonna to let Paul stop digging. We're going to start the show. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us on another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. Excited to have you here. If you're joining us live, as we record every week live, Thursday at 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. Uh, thank you for joining us. I know we've got a number of people that do join us live on a regular basis. Also, for those of you on the podcast whether you're listening today or tomorrow or next week or later on. Thanks so much for joining us. And every episode of Sales Pipeline Radio, past, present, and future, is available at salespipelineradio.com. We, every week, are featuring some of the best and brightest minds in B2B sales and marketing, and today is no different. Now, I have to give a special thanks to our guests today because we had someone else uh, that is going to try to join us again in a future episode. But, you know, it's the fall. It's getting colder. We're in and out of it, in and out of heating and the different air conditioning. So anyway, previous guest got a little sick, did not have a voice, could not join us. Last night at the last minute possible, we had our, our guest today join us, and I couldn't be happier, and, and, and he's been on my list to get on the pipe on the radio show anyway for a while. We have Scott Salkin. He is the founder of Allbound. Uh, Scott, thank you so much for not only joining us on Sales Pipeline Radio, but doing it so last minute. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. Excited to be here. So one of the reasons that I thought about Scott for, for today, uh, not only you know is he, is he a great speaker, he's got some great insights on B2B marketing as well as running and growing a business. Uh, we were together on a panel yesterday uh, at Dreamforce, the annual Salesforce conference, and it was on the topic of sales enablement. And we're going to get a little bit into some you know sales enablement and sales and marketing alignment questions. But first, I want, Scott, just to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about Allbound and the work you guys are doing specifically on the channel marketing and channel management front. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to. You know, uh, So I'm the founder and uh, of Allbound. So Allbound is a SaaS platform. Started up about two years ago, going through an accelerator program in San Francisco called Excel Prize before getting to market and now uh, growing here in Phoenix, Arizona. And we focus 100% on helping companies sell more effectively through their channel partners. So when I say channel partners, I mean referral partners, resellers, bars, MSPs, you know, a ton of technology uh, companies out there. They drive the majority of their business. Some of them, 100% of their pipeline of their revenue goes through the channel, goes through channel partners, not just the traditional old hardware players, but also a lot of SaaS and software companies these days with the subscription economy. So um, there's a really core element to making sure you have an effective channel. And, you know, the most important thing is keeping your channel engaged. And so in order to do that, um, you know, we focus on a couple of key areas, one being pipe, or, I'm sorry, sales enablement, of course, partner enablement, enabling your partners, but also Pipeline management, making sure you're generating and, and driving the right leads and, and providing the right tools and resources as, as deals move through the pipeline. It's just collaboration and communication with partners. So, you know, there's so much reliance on technology these days. You also have to make sure that you're treating the partners like people and that you're collaborating with them and working with them in person. So our technology, our platform helps do those three things, and, and we're very passionate about it and, uh, and love helping companies figure out the strategy and then use the right tools to grow, to grow great channels to grow their companies. 
Well, and yesterday when I asked you this question on the panel, I mean, you guys talked about the idea that sort of channel management is so hard. You said, yeah, it's so hard. I I'm so frustrated. I created a company to try to solve it. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. channels, channel, you know, selling through channel could definitely be a double-edged sword. You know, I mean, it's on one hand, it represents a virtual motivated sales team uh, that is completely, uh, you know, commission based. That is completely incentivized to go out and bring new deals to you. But you also you lose a lot of control over the process. You've got an inside sales team or a direct Absolutely. sales team. You control those. Those are your employees. You have more control, more visibility into what's going on. Um, you know, but that, but talk about how you've seen both in your career as well as your clients sort of manage that balance between opportunity and the complexity of the management side. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I like to talk a lot about, you know, my, my career started at Cisco, at Cisco Systems. I was an account executive there, and Cisco is one of those places where, you know, we use the term never sell alone quite often here now, where at Cisco, you never sold alone. Every deal you ever went into was with a channel partner. And so the relationships with those partners were critical. And, uh, and not only did they help you pre-sales and to make sure that you were positioning the right technology, that you're helping put together the right strategy and helping to get the deal closed, but they're also really critical post-sales, maintaining that relationship with the customer who was, you know, at the core of the entire business. So, so you know, building those partnerships and making sure they were, you know, not just a not just something that was there to drive revenue, but also something that was there to make customers more successful and deliver more value at the back end. Um, was an extremely important part of the business. And that came from the top down. You know, Cisco, at that time, our CEO was John Chambers, who I'm sure a lot of folks listening here today will know will know that name. But John, you know, and, and the whole company on down was passionate about the role that partners played within the business. I think that's one of the most important things that goes along with growing a great channel. You know, like you were saying, channel partners and these businesses that you're working with to help you grow, they're, they're basically volunteer sales. You know, they're not getting paid until they close deals. So you've got to make sure that they're aligned with your business, that they are being treated well, that they're part of your culture, that they're not just kind of sitting out on an island on their own waiting to uh, waiting to get leads delivered to them so they can, you know, possibly drive them through the pipeline. You've got to help them do those types of things to make sure that, you know, that's a piece of your entire culture for your, from, from leadership on down to the sales team, the marketing team, the operations team. Channel touches a ton of pieces of your business, which is part of why it's so complex, but also part of why it can be so effective to do it right. Talking today on Sales Pipeline Radio with, excuse me, with Scott Salkin. He is the founder and CEO of Allbound. Uh, Scott is a Scott is a as you, as you can tell, a well-spoken guy, but also a very humble guy. He's not going to tell you things like he was Arizona's top. 35 entrepreneurs under 35 a couple of years ago was the 40 under 40 winner with the Business Journal down in uh, Arizona. So excited to have him here talking about channel marketing. If you are doing anything around channel marketing, uh, I highly encourage you to go to allbound.com, a great platform to check out. But scroll down the page, you're going to see a lot of great insights and great content to help channel marketers. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. You see, I mean, you think about the sales and marketing literature that exists, the best practices. And, you know, as, I, as I've gotten more uh, sort of familiar with your blog and spending more time there, I'm realizing just how few other sources of best practices exist in the industry around channel sales, channel marketing. Why is that? I mean, why, why do we see so little focus, not just from a product and a platform standpoint, but so little content focused on the channel? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, we even call our newsletter the niche. Because, you know, the channel is so niche, you know, and, and that's one of the things that I found out there while, while I was, you know, working more in the field but as a, a channel practitioner, that it was hard to find content and resources and things to really help me advance my career. And 
eventually as I as I started, you know, start eventually started my own consulting company and then and then found all down, you know, that was one of our real big goals was to create more content and resources and to provide more things out there that, that will make channel professionals more successful. And I think, you know, as 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 much as the channel is something that's been in business for a long time, it's also something that interestingly enough is still maturing. You know, I look at some other areas of technology and, and in sales right now, and, and I can even consider customer success sales. But look how that's evolved over the last few years and how almost the category has been created. And I still think that the category of channel is almost being recreated right now. You know, for so long, it was so purposeful and important for companies like Microsoft and IBM and HP and Intel and all these companies that you thought of as traditional channel players. And then there was a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a kind of um, – uh, a renaissance, you know, people were starting to wonder is what is going to happen to the channel and how are partners going to work as we move into the cloud and the subscription economy where it's not so much about margins anymore, but it's more so about how partners provide value throughout the entire customer life cycle. And I think one of the reasons that there just hasn't been as much content and resources and thought leadership out there about it is because there's been a lot of transition and a lot of change that's gone on in the space. And a lot of thought leaders are just starting to come out more and more these days with more information about the channel. And you know, we're trying to, to, to be leaders in that area, but it's fun to see some more folks these days start to write about that as, as more companies realize the value of what a channel can bring to a business, um, not just, again, through from, from sales, but through driving efficiencies to the entire company and, and, and affecting KPIs like customer acquisition costs, the total lifetime value of the customer, and all the important things to grow in a business these days. Channel can have a big impact, and we're starting to see more you know, more lead, more thought leadership and more information put out there about that, and um, and it's exciting to see. But it's um it's definitely still in a in a kind of maturing phase in terms of what's happening with channel and partner programs right now. Yeah, I would agree, and I also think that a lot of channel programs are very transactional uh, and very focused just on getting deals closed, almost to the detriment of both parties. You know, I think you like me, Absolutely. probably see a lot of different channel uh, programs out in the field. Uh, you know, we were both at Dreamforce together yesterday, and. I'm actually today uh, in Arizona, just in your neck of the woods, at a at a, another software company's partner conference, and it, you know you you can see the clear differences between companies that simply treat their partners as a channel, they treat them as a source of sales, and, and those that also look to enable the channel and help make that channel better. Uh, just because your channel has access to your customer doesn't mean that they have any idea how to sell to the customer or follow up with their prospects or manage a pipeline on their own, it's going to make them better. So it seems to me that a small investment in making the channel more successful, making them better, creates better results as as well as greater loyalty. But that seems to be the exception to the rule. I mean, what do you see in the market? Where do you see the best companies investing and, and positioning to create a more effective channel? Yeah, you know, it used to be, I feel like, for a long time, and this is one of the frustrations I had before I started all down, was that, you know, the channel, like you said, was very transactional. It was very much focused on through partner marketing, how many marketing campaigns, how many cold calls we get our partners to make to try and have them generate leads, and then, you know, how many deals can they close? And then it was also about how many partners can we get. The more partners we have, the more successful we're going to be. So let's just get as many partners as we possibly can. And, and see how see how many deals we can get them to close, but without really paying much attention to the strategy, their engagement, the enablement, the real the real you know important kind of higher touch pieces to making those partners successful. And it's kind of you know taking on more of like a you can almost think about it. You know, a lot of folks have heard about account based marketing, account based sales, account based everything these days. Think a little bit about what's happening right now with account based partnering. You know, flipping the whole channel funnel where folks are starting to put a lot more focus on the partners that 
they see as being more successful that are aligned better to their business that they can really bring in and, and align to the practices of their company and build great partnerships not just with the company with the people you know we used to often hear partners refer to just as the company names like hey i'm partnered with insight or i'm partnered with cdw but real really who you're partnered with are the individual sales reps within those companies you're trying to drive engagement with and you're trying to build relationships with to help drive sales to help make customers more successful so the companies that we see doing it best are the ones who are really paying attention to you know the, the higher touch pieces of that you know yeah you can still automate a lot and take care of a lot of the, the um kind of the low-hanging fruit with technology but know what can you be doing in terms of making sure that for example your partners are not the last one to know when you're rolling out a new product you know the next time you're rolling out a marketing campaign you release a new white paper you create some new sales collateral or competitive documentation the partners aren't necessarily the last ones to see that you know they're part of the whole collaborative structure of your organization between sales and marketing and operations and everything else the channel fits and is aligned directly within that that it's not again just sitting out to the side there used to be you know, I often I, I always saw that companies would create their sales and market stack, and then they'd have a separate channel stack. And I always thought, man, why would you ever want to do that? Why not? You know, especially these days, include the channel stack as part of your martech stack, and include channel technology as part of your martech stack. You know, integrate it and leverage the best of breed technology you have. If you're if you're using market automation, if you're using CRM, if you're using account based marketing technology, how can you leverage that for your channel? Not create an entirely separate stack. So. Again, I think the more aligned that that channel is and the more that comes down from top-level leadership, you know, I know the conference you're at this week, you know, from the CEO on down, um, it, it is in a strategic initiative and it's drilled into the rest of the company. That's the channel and these partners that we have are core to us growing our business. And the more that can be part of that message throughout the company and the culture of the company, the better you're going to be. And that goes along to everything that you're doing in terms of enablement, and tools and resources and how you manage your pipeline and everything. It's got to be, it's got to be, you know, integrated in there. Absolutely. And and, and, and I think uh, we, we some breaking news here, Paul. We just invented a new term, account-based partnering, account-based ABP, partnering. <laughs> which, um, like, w- what we need in this industry is clearly more account-based things. Uh, right. I just a little bit, but I think, Scott, I mean, your points there are really, really uh, well taken. And I think that, um, I don't know, it feels like there's a, there's an 80-20 rule here. I think a little bit of investment, a little bit of better thought and brand and precision and, and forethought can really help people get more out of their channel we're going to have to take a quick break here pay some bills we'll be back in a couple of minutes with more from scott we're going to pivot and talk a little more about sales and marketing alignments and the relationship between sales and marketing has happened find out what what uh, scott's been driving at all bound and what he's seeing elsewhere in the market thanks very much for listening we'll be right back on sales pipeline radio in a world where the speed of innovation and change in b2b marketing has never been greater the only thing bigger is the need for clarity for a blueprint for a guide what's really working and how to apply it specifically to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and conversion. That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. Download it free at HeinzMarketing.com. Marketers acknowledge that account-based marketing is important, but what does that really mean? ABM requires a deep understanding of your target accounts and the people within its internal buying committee. Are you prepared to launch and drive results from an ABM program in your organization? Get the recording for the Modern Marketer's Workshop, ABM, from strategy to action and results. A fully online, on-demand workshop that includes an interactive workbook, presentation slides, and templates, all for $195. Visit www.heinzmarketing.com workshops. That's H-E-I-N-Z marketing.com and get started now. 
you know, Matt, I just went to uh, Google and looked up account-based partnership, and it's already there, and both of your pictures are listed right next to the Wikipedia entry there. So <laughs> very quick it happened here. I was going to say someone had better go to GoDaddy and get accountbasedpartnering.com right away. Uh, you know, if, if it, For those of you listening live, you're probably going to get first dibs on, on cracking that. Uh, although I bet you during the commercial break, Scott probably had his team already working on that knowing that uh, that's coming down the line. Well, thanks very much again for joining us here on Sales Pipeline Radio. we got a few more minutes here with Scott Salkin, our guest. He's the founder of Allbound, a fantastic platform for managing channel relationships. Highly encourage you to go to allbound.com, check out what they're doing. Uh, lots of great content if you are at all involved in managing channel partnerships and, and driving any sales to the channel. Highly encourage you to check out their content. Lots of really good stuff there. So, Scott, I wanted to pivot a little bit for the rest of our time here and talk a little bit about that relationship between sales and marketing. Our panel yesterday was very focused on the changing dynamics between sales and marketing. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot of ways to look at this. I mean, in some cases, I see marketing now reporting up through sales as part of what companies will describe as a revenue team. Uh, I'm seeing marketing organizations manage inside sales and, and sales development functions. Uh, lots of moving parts. I think a lot of it seems focused on trying to drive better alignment and revenue responsibility uh, across both organizations. What are you seeing? Like, what are you see, what are you driving uh, at Allbound directly? And then, what are you seeing in the marketplace now relative to that to, to that alignment? Yeah, well, here's here's what I think is the coolest thing and the most exciting thing is that I think we're at a point right now where sales and marketing agree more than ever that they need to be aligned. You know, I think sales and marketing alignment has been a topic we've talked about for a while. You know, the the, the way we reach our prospects and our customers has just you know been changing so much over the last, you know, decade, decade and a half. And, and sales and marketing alignment has been a big topic, but it's been an evolving topic. And I think now there's just this, you know, concrete agreement now that sales needs marketing more than ever. And they will freely admit it that, you know, with the top, let's say, third of the sales cycle basically being evaporated into a, it's a research and self-learning by the customer, that, that that relationship is more critical than ever. So, you know, I think I think that 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 is, you know, the first and foremost thing that has to be um, that has to be you know looked at in terms of getting sales and marketing alignment. Everyone must agree to align, but then in order to do that, they have to agree on some really critical elements that's going to help them do so. It's not just saying yes, sales and marketing needs to be aligned. It's saying we're going to do it, and here's how we're going to do it. And I think you know it starts with some key areas. You know, companies needing to get their sales and marketing teams together and aligned on things like who the target buyer is and what the buying process is. You know, not just looking at buyer personas, but looking at actual buying processes for the organization. Looking at the revenue process, you know, looking at conversion points throughout the entire funnel, making sure your messaging is aligned. Um, you know, I talked a lot yesterday about things like, you know, making sure that um, that you have a lot of uh, optimization and feedback loops. You know, you've got communication throughout the entire process with sales and marketing and You've got meetings and goals to review those. And when I say goals, I mean, you also may want to have service level agreements between sales and marketing in terms of what quotas look like, but also what's the follow-up process um, in terms of when a lead comes in, when an MQL or an SQL is created, how is sales following up with those, what's the timing like, what's the feedback like, where sales providing feedback back to marketing, how often is that happening? So I think it's, you know, the agreement that sales and marketing need to be aligned is step one, but then going through a lot of these critical elements, checking the box, you know, not just checking the boxes, but making sure they're there and they're, and they're strategically um, identified and, and worked on is, is critical for, for organizations and for the leadership and, and for the practitioners as well. Well, this conversation is relevant to the channel 
discussion we had earlier as well. I mean, I think a lot of people that are managing channels treat it a little bit like a product marketing exercise traditionally, which in many companies means creating a bunch of collateral and throwing it out to a group and hoping it sticks, right? And so if, yeah. if that is your if that is your objective, if that is your prime focus as a channel manager, then you're leaving it to, you know, the rest of the organization to actually drive results. If, if you're measuring your, your success based on the volume of collateral you produce for the channel versus some measure of pipeline contribution, some measure of channel marketing influence deal, that's, I, I realize that's more elusive, and I know that's a lot of what you're trying to do at Allbound as well, but it seems like whether you're doing that directly or through the channel, that alignment is critical. Not easy, but it's critical. Right. Yeah, and I think one of the most important things we heard yesterday was, was around um, not just, you know, attribution in terms of where deals are coming from and how they're being, you know, attributed to what, uh, to, you know, to what campaign or what activity you're doing. But I thought one of the greatest, one of the best terms I heard yesterday was influence. You know, what is influencing deals to move through the pipeline and actually close? Um, and, and influence in terms of content, influence in terms of events you're attending, events you're speaking at, relationships you're having, dinners you're hosting, meals you're having with customers or prospects, you know, referrals that are coming in the door. You know, how are things being influenced throughout your pipeline and how are you measuring those things and relating it back? And with the technology stacks you can put together today, you're able to, to actually put some put some data and put some, um, put some you know, actual uh, factual information behind those. Um, and I think it's important. And it's important when you're developing content and when you're developing tools and resources that it's not just the overall content strategies that you're putting together, but that you're really looking at things like, when and how your content's being used, you know, where it's being found and how it's being found and why, why it's being used by your prospects or, I'm sorry, by your sales reps, where in the sales cycle and, um, and how that influence is happening. And I think, you know, the more you can, you can actually get some, some, some information and some feedback from your sales and marketing teams on, on effectiveness, the better you understand, you know, what you need to be creating, when you need to be creating it and how it's going to influence each stage of the sales cycle. And um, I think there's tools to do that, but I also think it goes back to communication and how, how your team is working together, and it goes back to that alignment piece. So you're still in San Francisco, I assume, uh, still finishing out uh, the uh, the Dreamforce experience with 130,000 of our good friends in the software as a service yeah. world. Um, I heard it was 180,000 this year. It's ridiculous. I mean, and you certainly, I, I felt it just walking around. Yeah. You know, I was only in town for a couple of days, but just the crush of humanity uh, is yeah. something. I just, you know, as we wrap up here, I'm just curious. You know, get your, your, your feedback on what you saw the last couple of days, for, especially for those listeners that weren't able to make it. And also, you know, what's your, what's your strategy going into a conference of this size? I mean, it's, it's easy to just get crazy busy and just follow the crowd and get absolutely nothing done. Um, you know, what's your, you know what, what did you think of this year's show and what's your strategy at a show of this size to get the most out of it? I mean, what I saw and what you see at Dreamforce and what you feel at Dreamforce is such a reflection of what sales are today and the good and the bad you know in terms of all of the noise and all of the information and all of the products and all of the stuff that's just out there that you've got to compete with for you know very limited dollars i mean everyone out there almost who were seeing this dream force if you walk into the expo hall thousands of companies there um all with you know very oftentimes hard to distinguish messaging from the guy in the booth next to them you know is 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 complex it's, yeah. it's complicated. You've really got to work hard to distinguish yourself, to make yourself different. And it takes a lot of work on the inside to make sure that, again, you are, you know, you're really identifying who those prospective buyers are, what the personas are. You're, you're looking at your messaging and you're reviewing those with your sales team that you're doing ride-alongs, you know, 
and talk about marketing and sales alignment when I say ride along, have marketing sit on calls, listen to calls with the reps, making sure that the messaging is on cue and on par with what you know with what's being presented everywhere else by the thought leadership you're you're, you're creating. You know, the more content you create, the more important things like sales enablement are to make sure that your sales team's aligned with the uh, with with the message you're creating. So, so I think I think Dreamforce is such a such a um, a, an amazing representation of what's actually happening out there right now in terms of in terms of just the I don't want to say you know gold rush but it almost is just this rush to create products and try and get them in the door folks and you really got to be focused on that you know that that ROI message the message of what you are trying to get across and and you know a lot of entrepreneurs CEOs folks listening to this call you know the vision and mission and dream that you have in growing a company and how you're getting that across so I think all those awesome. things are critical and it's, it's tough to tough to distinguish yourself. All right, last question quickly before we have to wrap up here that we like to ask uh, people in your position. If there was a Mount Rushmore of sales, and I'm thinking yeah. about, you know, the people that have influenced you, whether they're mentors of yours in your past, whether they are uh, authors, speakers, bloggers, people that you've read, uh, you know, it can be it can be a former boss, it can be Zig Ziglar, it can be all over the map. Who are the you know, maybe two or three people that you would put up on your personal Mount Rushmore of sales? You know, I, I, I don't mean to be cliche, but I, I always think, you know, of course, the name that comes to mind first for me is, is Steve Jobs. You know, I think what you know, what other sales guy have we seen out there in terms of not just being an innovator, but, but the guy who can actually, you know, get that message across so clearly and really get you to believe so much. Um, I think he was such an amazing sales and marketing mind that he has to be up there. Um, you know, from 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 – you know, my my point of view, my perspective being in technology, I think a guy like Kim is amazing. You know, you, you see these days, you know, so many folks writing books on sales methodology and everything else that it's, it's hard to distinguish between all of the methodologies out there right now. But I think other folks out there, you know, I, I like to go to these technology leaders. I was, I was a huge believer in guys like John Chambers who, who grew and built Cisco into what it was. John did some amazing things, and he was one of those guys who was just a transformational leader who, you know, with, with thousands of reps lined, you know, Within a uh, in a sales conference at the end of the year, having just gone through a, uh, a strenuous year and missing quota or hitting quota or wherever you were, had to re-energize that team to get back in the next day and start you know going after the numbers again. Those types of leaders are amazing. So John was a great guy, and maybe kind of a little bit different of an answer I could put out there. Um, and uh, gosh, I gotta think of one more. No, that's enough for now. I know we're going to run out of time here. I think those are, I mean, it it doesn't matter that, you know, you're, you're, you're using people that maybe everyone thinks so, because I think they, it just reinforces how important these folks are and how much we have to learn from them. So Scott, I just want to thank you again so much for joining us on sales pipeline radio. We've covered a lot of good ground here. Uh, I know you're doing this while still traveling and trying to get home to what I, I can't get looking out the window. It is 80 degrees and it is just a beautiful day here in, uh, in Scottsdale. So safe travels, getting home. Thanks so much for joining us, especially last minute. Encourage Thank everyone you, to check out pleasure. Scott's business, Allbound. Go to allbound.com if you're doing anything around channel marketing, channel sales. But a lot of great guests coming up rest of the fall into the holiday season here in the end of 2017. We're going to let you go. Join us next week on Sales Pipeline Radio. We'll have more great guests. You can join us anytime at salespipelineradio.com. Paul has his finger on the trigger, ready to give us along. Thanks very much, Paul, for all your great work. This is Matt Hines. Thanks for listening to Sales Pipeline Radio.